0: I love parsley with I cook, and I said, I "And mean, we need parsley. He came back with a bag of parsley seeds. I wish I had had been a participant of Al-Anon at that moment in time.
1: <laughs>
0: Hi, I'm Claire. Hi. Uh, the whole time Rick was talking, my stomach was churning. I may have to get a coffee pot. Um, <laughs> I was treasurer for a certain group. Oh, well, somebody was a treasurer for a certain group, okay? And um, the money was carried in a bag, and that person was responsible for that bag. Well, one day that person went to the, where the bag was, and the bag was gone, and there was $250 in it. So that person gave $250 out of their pocket at, back to the group. Well, at this time, this person didn't know that there was a group rep. Knew nothing about any of this because all we did was had meetings. Well, uh, after I came to an assembly, I went back and I said, hey, uh, are this per oh, it's me, okay. Uh, I went back and I said, uh, hey, I-, I think I need to bring this to a group rep. I, I don't know that I was responsible for that $250. Well, the group rep at that time, came to an assembly, presented it, got an answer, went back to my group, which I was I was taking care of a child through the summer, so I couldn't attend the meetings. Presented it to the group and said, according to what they said, if we look in this page, she's not responsible for that two hundred and fifty dollars. She doesn't have to come up with the whole thing. We you know, we're not trying to grow our I finally found out that a treasurer is not trying to make a really big uh treasury. You're not supposed to get seven hundred dollars. You're supposed to just have a well, um, she presented it to the group, and everybody just said, nothing happened. So then I go back to the group after this summer's over, and I said, um, and I, I did like you said. I just kept saying, hey, uh, I gave $250. Hey, nothing happened. So um, I took this position, and I, I recently had a big, big, long letter I had to write, and I worked with my sponsor, and I realized that finances and romance, and I don't know what the other one is, but that's one of the hardest things to deal with, and this is a finance thing. It's a money thing, and it's mine. But if I had known that I could have gone to somebody and be heard, then I wouldn't be carrying around this big weight I'm carrying around. Which is really hard to carry around. It's hard to go to that group right now. And I'm representing them right now. But um, I, I just wanted to throw that, that out there because it's, um, it can be solved if there's mutual respect. So thank you.
2: Hi, I'm Cindy. And uh, two things really struck me, uh, the bit about communication and the bit about um, information when participating. I have participated a lot, I like to, but I really prefer having all the information up front, not bits and pieces of, oh yeah, you got to do this too, and then this, and then this. And one of the things that I've realized for myself is I have to stand up and say, that's great. I'm happy to take on job X, Y, Z, but first you're going to give me the details because otherwise I find myself keep getting handed more and more stuff going, wait a minute, <laughs> I thought you asked me to do this, not all this. So, thank you.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
3: First, I can't believe I'm up here. (laughs) Okay, but I just feel that, uh, I love when uh, Rick brought up that part about uh, the uh, job not being important of the GR, when you go back to your group, because I just had this problem uh, about three weeks ago. Oh no, it was the last assembly. Okay, last assembly. Uh, Whenever I uh, went back to give the information, and I'm very conscious of hurrying up and getting the, the whole thing said really quick, And uh, I was started to give my presentation of what had happened here, and that exact thing happened. Somebody who was in our group uh, said that, uh, "Oh, you know, can't we just um, you know have this uh, later on at a business meeting?" And my sponsor was so good. And she's in the program for like 43 years. And she said, hold on a minute, she says, this is not AA. She says, we do. We have the right to let the person speak for at least 15 minutes if the need be. And I barely take like, I hurry it up. So I really, really appreciate you bringing that up. That was really good. And, you know, it, it reminded me today that... My job is important because that person is saying your job is not important. And I love that concept of it. I love that. Thank you.
1: Thank
0: you. Hi, everybody. I'm Cliff. Um, I can really relate because when I left here to go to my first conference, I knew what you guys wanted, but listening to other delegates, WSO staff, trustees, you name it, you have to have an open mind, because they come up with different things, and so you have to be able to change, and I had your support to do that.
4: Go ahead. I'm Jane. I'm Jane. Uh, four years ago, my husband and I started a group for parents and grandparents. We had our grandson living with us who was sick with this disease. And we were a baby group. We'd been about, we were about six weeks old. We'd accumulated about $23.50. And he stole it. And I just went through this. You know, I don't know about you, but I have this terrible sense of responsibility and guilt you know, guilt and I'll stuff, stuff, stuff. And my husband wasn't home so I could vent to him. So I just picked up the phone and called one of our members and I said, I want you to know I'll pay the money back. I'm very, very sorry. I just, you know, could you just help me when I present this to the group? And I stopped for a minute and he said, You're not paying this money back. You didn't steal it. It's okay. And I said, well, I still need to get the group's conscience. And every single person said, it's not your fault. And that meant a lot to me. Thank you.
5: See how easy that was? Thanks. Thanks, everybody. Okay, we're going to go on. Concept six is the conference acknowledges the primary administrative responsibility of the trustees. Now, usually when we get to about this part in the program, people go, uh, there they go again. That's uh, How is he going to make that have anything to do with us? But really, what it says is, remember in concept one how we said the groups can't do everything, so we had has, they have to give things away, so they created the conference, and they delegated their authority to the conference? Well, the conference meets four or five days a year, okay? They can't obviously run the entire World Service office and make decisions regarding um, employees and staff and what books to print and how many to print and all those types of things. So they have to give a lot of that work away. And so they give the primary administrative responsibility to the trustees because it's not possible for the conference in those five days to overlook look, all the business of Allen. And the spiritual principle here is that I have to keep looking, I keep. I have to keep finding ways of giving things away, I have to keep looking for ways to um, lessen the load. The idea is that um, (laughs) continuing to delegate authority, so the the group's delegated to the conference, now the conference delegates to the trustees, and you're going to see this now as we go through the next several concepts, is they keep giving more smaller pieces of work away. And that's really the key to Al-Anon service, is looking for the right person to do the job and giving a part of it away. And see, that's what we have to do um, in our personal lives. Almost nobody stays at home, well, even those folks that are retired don't stay at home anymore you know we 're all out running around doing lots of stuff, yeah, we're having fun, you know it's like you go you know my friends that are retired say we don't know how we had time to work. you know those of us that are working don 't know how we have time to breathe, let alone you know but so the point is. There's more and more stuff to do. There's more and more things to consider. There's more and more material that we have to comprehend. And so we need to find the right people to do the right things. And so the conference realizes that the board meets four times a year. So the board is better qualified to administer the bigger issues of Al-Anon than... Um, the conference. And you say, well, wait a minute. I didn't think Al-Anon was supposed to be organized, and our families aren't incorporated, so we're not organized. But the point is that it doesn't matter what the method of giving the work away is. It's just that we have to keep looking for opportunities to give things away. And we've already set out the principles of how to do that. See, that's why concepts three and four are so important, that we have that mutual trust and we have the mutual respect. So we have to keep looking for the right person to do the right job. Okay? Um, You wouldn't ask your four-year-old to cut the grass. But, you know, you might give them a, get them a little rat, a rake and let them rake the grass. If you're going to rake the grass, let them rake the grass when you're raking the grass. You know, as they get bigger, it's like, oh, this is what I do with Dad, or this is what I do with Mom. This is something, <coughs> you know. But, of course, we've got to make it fun, you know, it's to get them interested. But the idea is to look for ways to give work away. The more we delegate, the more that we involve people, and the more that um, people want to participate. And the crucial thing here, and I swear I didn't pay her to say it, is you need a job description. Okay. You need a job description, and tomorrow when people are standing up for jobs, uh, to, to offer themselves for service tomorrow, they need to know what it is that they're going to be required to do. That's why when people say, who wants to be, we all look at the floor. We don't know what that means. In our personal lives, before we came to Al-Anon, we did everything. We didn't need a job description. We were it all. We were it, whether you wanted us to be it or not, we were it. You know, um, I, uh, several years ago I wrote in the forum just because I asked you to wash my socks doesn't mean I want you to organize my sock drawer. Because that's what we did. You know, if you walked out of the room, we organized your closet. You know, if you got in the way, we just pushed you in the back and kept organizing. So, you know, that's the thing. But what this is about is we need to delegate responsibility. We have to give people a job description. And it's important that we recognize that leadership is not dominance. I can be a good leader without being a dictator. So asking people to do things and giving them a job description is about giving them sufficient authority to be successful, to help them understand what is the job that's being asked, and then what did we say? Then we step back and give them the freedom to do the job. So that's why a job description is there. Lois understood that when she realized that the groups, because they ought never be organized, needed something that was organized. And so in 1954, three years after she wrote to the groups and said, do you want to form this clearinghouse, she incorporated the clearinghouse as Al-Anon Family Group Headquarters, Inc with a board of trustees. The legal entity that owns the legal aspects of Al-Anon. Now you say, well, yeah, but, you know, we're not supposed to be organized. Who's not supposed to be organized? Our groups ought not be organized. It says in the traditions we can create service boards directly responsible to those they serve. This is one of those boards. The board of trustees is responsible to Al-Anon family groups. He said, well, wait a minute. Here's a group, here's a corporation, how does it mix together? Okay? Well, we already talked about part of it. In or in, When the groups couldn't do their job, they gave it to the... Yeah. GR. The GR comes to the assembly and Alexei... The delegate goes to the... Sure. Conference and looks at Al-Anon Business Worldwide for those five days. One of the things that it does is it gives traditional approval to the trustees. So while the board is a legal entity and exists in the law, the conference is not. You can't sue the conference. There's nobody to sue. It's like suing your group. Who's responsible? Nobody. I love it when lawyers call me on the phone. We're suing so-and-so group. Oh, okay, we're
1: anonymous.
5: (laughs) Well, yeah, but we'll sue the people. We need a list of their names. We don't take role. (laughs) Well, we just need the members. We don't have membership. (laughs) Um, Well, who's responsible? No one. The whole group's responsible. (laughs) Well, we're going to sue them. Fine, they don't have anything. (laughs) Well, well, we'll take their money. They don't have money. They put a dollar in the basket or two dollars in the basket every week. They pay their expenses. They pay their GR. They have no money. They don't stockpile money. Now, see, that's where you've got to be careful because some of you who are sitting with big treasuries, see, are sitting with money that you're not supposed to have. The money is supposed to keep circulating. We're supposed to keep the money in motion, That's what creates the spiritual principle of abundance, is that we keep the money moving. We only need enough money for our group, for the group's expenses, for a limited period of time. What is that? I don't know. That's up to the group. But when groups tell me we need money, we have a a prudent reserve for a year, I say, why? If everyone stops coming to your group for a year, what are you going to do? You're going to keep paying rent? You're going to keep buying literature? No one's coming. You know, I mean, at some point, wouldn't you close the group? And then what are you going to do with the money? Now you've got this big pile of money and you've got to give it to somebody because the group doesn't exist anymore. So we need to be careful when we're doing this, but what Lois said was that the conference is the spiritual arm of Al-Anon or the traditional arm of Al-Anon. We're going to talk about this in Tradition 7. And the, con- and the board is the legal arm of Al-Anon. Okay? And where does that come together? It now has its own tab in the manual <laughs> in the charter. Because this is the spiritual document that was... And you say, well, why is it spiritual? Well, because the conference doesn't exist in the law. In order to have a contract, you have to have two legal entities. The conference doesn't exist. So it's a spiritual agreement. And it spells out the relationship between the conference and the board. And and this drives everybody crazy, including the trustees it says, if the conference doesn't like what the board is doing, it can dissolve the board. Just dissolve them. No more. And the last job that the outgoing board has agreed to perform is to elect the new board that the conference has chosen. You see, that's a case of absolute mutual trust. See? Because everyone understands in Alon that none of us is more important than another person. And so if the people aren't doing their jobs, it is our responsibility to hold them accountable. See, that's part of that accountability. And so what the conference does then is when it gave the primary administrative responsibility to the trustees, it expects what? Accountability. And so when does it hear what the, co- what the board has been doing during the year? At the conference. But it also, every member hears what the board is doing if you read the chairman of the board letter, which is on the member website. Every quarter, she writes a letter and tells you what the board is talking about. There's also a financial accounting that tells you what the financial situation of the corporation is, and there also is an update from the policy committee, so you know what ideas are being considered for changes or possible updates to the policy manual. Every group can have that information because every member can have that information. It's right there on the member website, along with the tax return. You can go on the tax return and find what the corporation gives to the federal government every year to say that we're a not-for-profit corporation and here's how we spend our money. And the members can see the detail of all of that. The whole thing is there. (coughs) And it's all on the tax return, and it's all on the member website. If you go to the WSO, click inside the WSO. There's a section on financial matters. You click on that. You can see the tax return. You also can see the audit. Most of you don't care, but it's there. It's there for you to see. And if you've got a member who wants to know that stuff, tell them where to find it because it's about accountability and being open. And Concept 7 then tells us that the trustees have legal rights while the rights of the conference are traditional. Now, I've already explained part of this, but the other thing to know is the same thing is true in your home. Many of us have traditional responsibilities. Parents, many of the things that we do as parents are traditional. Some of the things that we do, we did because our parents did them, and some of them we do because we read some book or saw Oprah or saw something that told us to do that or whatever. And sometimes we're just nuts and we made it up.
1: <laughs>
5: but the thing is that in addition to those traditional things, parents in the law have legal responsibilities. The state of Louisiana has certain requirements that you as a parent must abide by. Certain responsibilities that it imputes to you as a parent for the responsibility of your children. Now, one of the examples that I like to give to explain this difference between legal and traditional is if you decide you know, sometimes we have this happen. Folks um, get really excited about the traditions, and so they decide we're going to have group conscience on everything. And so the children, you know, and you have this group conscience about curfews. And the kids all say, "Well, you know, we're we're going to come in at midnight." Now the law is that everybody has to be home by ten. But your kids and they outvote you and your spouse. Um, and they decided on midnight. And, you know, it's group conscience. You gave your minority appeal. They said thanks, and...
1: <laughs>
5: still midnight. And so now it's the next day and... a uh, next night, and there's a policeman at your front door with one of your beloved, <laughs> and uh, he's pointing out, or she, the policeman, or policewoman is pointing out that this child is out past 10 o'clock. And you say, yes, officer, I understand. Uh, We had a group conscience. (laughs) Now, I just want you to get that while that may be an interesting story, and they may tell it at the police house later on, you're still going to jail because you have the responsibility. And that's the role that the trustees play in regards to the conference. Sometimes the conference will make decisions that are not well thought out. They're financially irresponsible, they're emotionally satisfying, but they don't make sense. And sometimes it is the responsibility of the board to step up and say, we have to protect the name of Al-Anon, we have to protect Alatine, and we have to take the legal responsibility of making a decision. That's what happened in 2003, when the board issued the minimum safety and behavioral requirements for Alatine. The discussion had gone on for 40 years. When the board looked at the discussions at the conference, it went all the way back to the very first conferences, 62, 63, they were talking about problems with sponsors, problems with teens, sponsors acting irresponsibly, people not being willing to sponsor, all of those issues. Every time the topic would get to a crucial point, somebody would table it and the staff would come back the next year and say, we've taken care of it. And it was just like how we take care of everything in Atlanta. We just stopped talking about it. Didn't that, Doesn't that fix it? I mean, we just complain behind the scenes, but we just don't talk. If we don't talk about it, it doesn't exist, right? And so when the board said, you know... We can't, our children are one of our most important assets. Nothing, nothing in al is more important than the safety of our children. And we've got to make minimum decisions. Now, they left to the areas the ability to create the guidelines for their states that were consistent with the law of their states because we have 63 different legal entities in the World Service Conference structure. 50 states and 13 provinces in Canada. Oh, I left out Puerto Rico and Bermuda. You got a country and a commonwealth besides. So obviously we couldn't set requirements for each one because each state has its own requirements. But what we did say is there must be a minimum. These are the minimums. You can't go below that. You can add on, but you can't go below. And people said, they can't do that. And the board said, yes. We're, e- we're exercising our legal responsibility. Now, the one thing that they said was... Um, You can't use the name Alatine because the corporation owns the name. It's a trademark name, it's a legal name. So you can't use the name. You can have the sing song, run around the room, young people's group, and you can use Alatine literature in it, but you can't call it Alatine. And you can't tell people it is Alatine. Anybody can use our literature. A lot of 12-step groups use Al-Anon literature. But you can't call it Alateen. And that was what it was about, and so that was the thing. But it's the idea of that there is a difference between the spiritual and the legal, and Lois said there was no conflict between the two because she said the whole program is spiritual. There's no part. So even the legal parts have a spiritual basis. And how do we know that? Because the trustees are all Al-Anon members. And what did we say back in concept two? None of us wants to do something that would put Al-Anon at risk. And the same thing is true for our families. We have to know what are those times when we must exercise our legal responsibility. One other example, I have a friend um, who told this story um, at an RSS, um, and she sensed that I could repeat it. Um, Her mother was in a nursing home, and she had the legal power of attorney. Some of us have had this very example. She had the legal power of attorney to make legal decisions for her mother because her mother was no longer capable of doing that. But she realized from this concept that she could involve her mother to the extent that her mother could participate in the spiritual decisions that related to her well-being. And so she could talk to her and try to get her mother's feelings to the extent that her mother could give those feelings and give her the dignity of being able to make the decisions that she could make, while the daughter had the legal responsibility to make the ultimate decisions. And so that's what it's about. It's about that idea of striking the balance and knowing uh, what's involved. Concept eight is Um, the Board of Trustees delegates full authority for routine management of al headquarters to its executive committees now again this is another one of those things that um, is in uh, the idea is sharing responsibility makes the job easier for all and um what this concept acknowledges is the board can't do everything see we we talked about this over and over and over don't keep doing everything Keep looking for ways to give it away in concept six we said get a job description in concept eight we say look for the person who has the best capability who has the best skills to do the job it's about the difference between being a good manager and a good leader a good leader finds people empowers them and steps back a manager is with the thumb yeah Uh, I raised that font um, that color should be green. Um, are you sure you're doing this job right? See, that's that's the manager. That's that's not and who wants to work for those kind of people? Nobody. Nobody wants to do that. So the idea is you recognize uh, what jobs you can give away. You keep looking for ways to give up the details give up the minutia, right? Um, You know, the board gave the day-to-day operations to the executive committee, and because it's not involved in those decisions about should the manual be red or blue or green, should the tabs be white or black, or do we even want tabs? is that the right color wire for the manual and so forth because they gave that up the board is able to see the big picture and that's the whole um, that's the whole idea of if you give away these little things that you're plagued with, you have a chance to see the bigger picture and see if we think about it isn't that really what our sponsor was trying to say to us when we were working the fourth step, and we were starting to, and when we did the fifth step, and and so forth, it was to try to get us out of the manure long enough that we could see the sky. Um, my sponsor once said to me. If you're down in the dumps, look up. Because when we're caught up in the day-to-day, ugh, it, we're overwhelmed. We, you know, it's like, ugh, I can't, I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do... And yet, the idea is, and the, the idea behind constant 8 is, that if I let go of and I give away those things for which I'm not really best suited to do, I have the ability to put my eyes on the things that are important to me. If I don't have time to exercise, maybe I need to think about what the eight things are that I think that are more important that somebody else could do so that I have time to exercise. Or, as my sponsor used to say, so what happens if you don't do the dishes tonight? They'll still be there tomorrow. Now, see, my complaint was, I didn't understand why I had to do the dishes. And she said, Rick, you live alone. (laughs) So... (laughs) But the other thing that's important in this concept is not everyone has to know everything. And this is extremely important in our families as well as in our service lives because the board for the last several years has been talking about the idea of a culture of trust. We talked about mutual trust a culture of trust, and the culture of trust says, I get the information that I need to make the decision. There's no, information is not something that we parcel out. Now, do I get the information that I want if it's not my decision to make? No. See, that's the idea. I don't need to know everything. You know, you have people who want to know, what are you going to do with the $50 that we gave you to go to assembly? I'm going to Harris. (laughs) I'll split with you if I win. (laughs) I mean, you know, sometimes we just get crazy. You know, we get, we want to, and we think we need to know Everything, and it's like, why? If we gave up all these things, do we need to know all of the detail of all of those things? No, we're not making the decision. What do we need to know? What was the information that was used to make the decision? That's what we need to know. But do we need to know what other colors were considered besides red? No. Would you like to? I don't. I don't know what else they considered. They didn't even ask me, should it be red? It's like I gave that to somebody else. You don't want me worrying about what color the manual is. And so, you see, it it is the idea that we we know what we need to know, but we don't need... But we don't need to. Um, we don't need to know everything. And the other thing that's important in a culture of trust is it isn't so important who makes the decision as the quality of the decision that's made. Doesn't matter if it's a good decision. Do we care who made it? no doesn't matter because if I consider that you're as capable of making that decision as I am and it's a good decision I don't need those details and and as I said when you don't when you can let that go then in fact what you have is the ability to see a bigger picture um, concept 8 reminds us if we don't if we don't pass it on, we're deemed to do it all. But if we free ourselves from those details, we have the ability to see a wider a wider world and a bigger picture. We're at concept nine. Most of you have heard about concept nine, um, maybe. Um, Good personal leadership at all service levels is a necessity. In the field of World Service, the Board of Trustees assumes primary leadership. If you haven't read the essay, or if you haven't read anything in the concepts, and you're thinking, even if you're not thinking about running for office, um tomorrow or or ever, um, before you vote tomorrow for who who you want to elect um, to the offices that you have, I strongly suggest that you read uh, Bill's essay on leadership that's in concept nine um, i didn't I, I threw away my blue book, so I can't tell you what page it's on, uh, but I'll find it and tell you. Um, it's on one, it starts on 185. Um, and it goes on for about three, three pages. Um, w- Bill really talks about all of the challenges that everyone faces as a leader. Um, he tells us that there are skills that attract us to a leader and there are behaviors that repel us. And we know what those are. You, you know who those people are that you want to listen to. You know who they are. You know the people who attract you and make you want to follow them. And you know the people whose behavior is such that it turns you off. The hardest part is knowing how to be that person because we're all al members, and we all have warts and wrinkles and and character defects, or I do. I haven't gotten rid of all mine. And there are days that I'm not the person I want to be. That's why I keep going to meetings. But the idea of leadership is that we recognize what those skills are, and we recognize... um, how to involve them. Um, He tells us, and this I find really helpful on some days at the office. He tells us there will always be critics. There will always be someone to tear you apart. They may be in your house. They may be in your head. They may be sitting next to you. They're there. He says, listen to them for what they have to tell you that's true. And let go of the rest. So if someone takes your inventory, do they have a right to do that? No. Can you learn something from them? Maybe. What he says is, take those parts that you need and forget the rest. It's that old idea of take what you like and leave the rest. Now, we were talking about this last night at dinner. That doesn't mean the program. Pick and choose those parts of the program that you like. I mean, you can do that. My sponsor said to me, yeah, you can do that, Rick. You can continue to be sick. But if we want to change our lives, if we want to be different than where we were when we got here, we need to do something different. And so Bill said, you know, you'll have these critics, Um, check your motives when you listen to them, check your motives when you become one of those critics. Are you giving information that would be helpful for someone else, or are you trying to force a solution that you want? If you're trying to force a solution even if it's well intentioned, it's not leadership. It's dominance. And we know from the three obstacles to success in Alon that dominance is not one of the things that helps us grow in the program. Bill talks about the need for leaders to be responsible. This next one I question: stable. <laughs> well, some days. Tolerant, flexible, possess judgment and vision. Now he he sort of makes fun of the people who uh, want to believe in this one day at a time. Uh, philosophy, and he says, you know, one day at a time is fine for our personal lives, that's a personal idea of living, but this idea of casting our fate on a higher power and then just waiting, he said, is silly. He said, our higher, our, he says, providence has given us the ability to make decisions and apparently wants us to do so. See, that's a different idea than, well, I'm just waiting for God to tell me what to do. Well, that might be for your personal life, but if you're in the middle of the train track and the train is coming and you're waiting for God to tell you to get off the track, you're long off the track. Move. You know. If you're silly enough that you're in the middle of the track, you've probably disconnected from God a long time ago. Get off the track so you can hear the message. You can't hear it when it's roaring down the thing. Planning is a part of life. Planning is a part of life and... We're expected to make plans. Now, the difference is, as a leader, I can make plans, but I don't have a right to make plans for you. So we can plan what we need to do. In other words, this morning, they told you when the next eight assemblies are going to be. That's really helpful because those of you who have lives now can go home, put those on your calendars, tell your families, these weekends, I can't. But see, see how respectful that is? That allows you to know next February on the 12th and 13th or 13th and 14th, I don't remember the date, I'm going to be somewhere. Don't make any other plans. Okay? So you see, that's fine. That allows people to plan. But, you know, can you imagine if you got the, you all got an email on February 10th that said, the assembly's this weekend? <laughs> Yeah, fat chance. You know, (laughs) see ya. But see, that's the difference. So it isn't about just living one day at a time. It's about looking in the future. And the point of it is as well, and this is what he was talking about, it's important for the fellowship to look beyond tomorrow. We have to look about where do we want to be five years, ten years, 15 years from now as a fellowship because we want Al-Anon to exist and we want it to be there for our children and our grandchildren and our children's grandchildren. And so we have to to look at that and we have to consider. What he says as a leader is we have to consult widely and that doesn't mean just walk back and forth in the living room. (coughs) Ask other people. Ask people that you don't agree with listen to all points of view but then ultimately as a leader you have to make a decision be willing to modify your plans that's what the flexibility is about there isn't one right idea on anything could the board have done something differently yes could they do something differently in the future about Alatine? maybe it's like We have to be open to the understanding that we get at any one point in time. That's what leadership is. If we're stuck in, we've always done it this way, so we must always do it this way because it's the only way and that's it, and that's the only rationale for why we're doing something, if you always put your right sock on before your left sock because you always have, That's interesting. It's not life or death. Okay? And so what we have to think about as leaders is the ability to understand where we're going, why we want to get there, and how do we bring others along with this. With responsibility comes authority, not the other way around. If we're responsible, people are willing to trust us and follow us. If we are full of authority and we give direction and we make commands and we tell people, then that might work in the Army. It doesn't work in the People don't want to follow you. And they will try to find ways to undercut you. Okay. <coughs> We can be overly responsible, and many of us were. And part of that, I think, becomes the idea of um, we were afraid if we didn't do it, it wouldn't get done, and, and that becomes part of the thing. Um, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna stop here for a minute and. Um, Open the floor up again for about five or seven minutes uh, and then we're going to finish up with concepts eight through the warranties Um, but um, I'd like to hear um, from some of you on on these concepts um, the idea of um, giving things away uh, job descriptions leadership um, the idea of um, of the legal versus tr- uh, traditional ideas um, and um, anything else that you can think about and if you um, had an insight about one of the first ones before you uh, started uh, and but didn't get up the last break, we'll let you uh, share now as well. And we'll take about five, seven minutes and then we'll um, we'll finish these last. Um, so I invite you to the um, mic.
6: Hi, I'm Angela. Hi, Angela. Um, I don't know that my comments are directed at any particular concept, except to say that, um, you know, I was one of those kids that never learned to play well with others. And um, I see, I, you know, my step work certainly helped me see where that comes from and, and how I manifest that. Uh, but I'm so grateful that Al-Anon Service has, at all levels, gives me the opportunity to try it a new way. You know, I can come and I can hear someone talk about the concepts and I can think about it differently. I don't beat myself up like I used to. Thankfully the steps saved me from that. Um, But I can try something a new way here and you all will love me no matter what. Follow my face, succeed, somewhere in between. And invariably when I try a new Skill, whether it be leadership or cooperation or whatever, here, within 14 days in the real world out there, I'll get an opportunity to practice it in the new way that I've learned, that you all have loved me through here, um, with people who might not be quite as loving. And and I have the confidence to try it a new way because of what you've done. And I appreciate that. Thank Thank you. My name is Angela, and um,
7: um, concept seven really spoke to me. I, I didn't really know that at that particular time that I was practicing this behavior about, um, but when my father was very ill and being put into a nursing home, the powers in the nursing home wanted me to take on a lot of responsibility for him, as an example, signing his paperwork and stuff. And um, and I I just told the woman that um, as long as my dad was able to think and hear and understand that I was, you know, I wanted him him to do that. And I said, so, you know, if you present these to him and, and he chooses not to sign the paperwork, then I'll go ahead and sign the paperwork. But there were other things that happened over those few months, and my siblings did not deal well with the decisions that my dad was still able to make, and they were also they also got upset with me because I was not discouraging my father, or I was not taking on any responsibility that he could still handle, and um, my siblings did not appreciate that. So now that I'm in program and I have people that are actually uh, choosing to allow to learn how to let people have their dignity, because I believe that's what I was doing, was I was letting my father have his dignity right until the end. And because I'm, I was able to do that, I don't have this end, life end pile of resentments towards my father, because I just had this real secure ability to say, if he makes bad choices right before he dies, that's his choices, no matter, you know, that's his choices, where my siblings are still dealing with resent, resentment and anger about the things that happened at that time, so I appreciate y'all being here, and I appreciate that there is, that that this is a better way of life to live, thank you.
8: Thank Hi, I'm Charlene and, and Rick, I want to thank you so much for um, speaking so much as you did on job descriptions um, this is something that um, I have thought about and have tried to encourage uh, in the groups that I go to when it comes time for elections I hate Hearing, oh, you can do it. You know, it, it, when they don't really know what it is they have to do. Yeah, maybe they can do it, but maybe they choose not to once they realize what it all involves. So uh, I really appreciate you speaking to that. And also, um, you said early on in, in your talk that by the time we get to the concepts, we're exhausted. Yes, you're right. <laughs> so, this, I have been really p- paying close attention to this and how I can take it home and apply it to my family and my family life because I'm exhausted when I'm at home to try to figure these legalese statements out. So, thank you so much.
9: Hello, I'm Whitney from Lake Charles. Hi, I wanted to talk about the seventh concept that we uh, talked about, the legal versus the traditional. Something we've been dealing about with our group um, is the location has had um, door issues, and we now have to keep it locked even during the meetings. And it's created a big problem because uh, new members or people that don't have a key can't get in as we're meeting, and people aren't always there, like at 6 o'clock on the dot. So, you know, we've created a sign to say please knock. And then of course it come with the problem of people that aren't Alan on are knocking and we're all getting up and running back and forth. And so we're still struggling with that issue of we have to comply with the church's wishes, but at the same time make sure that we're open to new members and make sure that, you know, we're able to take from the meeting everything we can while making sure, you know, so we can get up and go, but still participating. So, you know, it's, it's hard to find that balance, and we're still working on it. We don't have a, for sure, solution. I'm sure it'll present itself, but um, that's, that's something that we've been thinking about, so I thought that that was maybe how the seventh concept applied to us.
2: Hi, everybody. I'm Claire. I'm from the Baton Rouge, one of the Baton Rouge groups, and I'm a newbie. But not new to Al-Anon. Um one of the things that Rick keeps talking about is sharing responsibility, and I know in my family of origin, uh my mother was the alcoholic, and somehow, unofficially, I became the parent in the family, and so you know that definitely threw the um, the family if you want uh, what you want to call it uh balance off, because here I was a child, now only raising my siblings, one older, one younger, emotionally, not physically, um, but also my parents. And, you know, as I have matured in this program, I've realized that I don't have to take on those responsibilities, and, um, you know, there was a a couple of years ago when my father kept passing out, he uh, we finally figured out it was his heart, but at the, anyway, prior to that he kept falling, hitting the ground, and he had a, had a couple of uh, bleeds in the brain, and the first time it happened, and he started acting strangely, my stepmother could not get him to go to the doctor. And so she called me, and I drove up here to Baton, to Baton Rouge, I lived down in Gonzales, and when he looked down the hall, and here I thought I'd given up all this being in charge stuff, Well, I walked up, and he saw me coming up the hall, and he goes, oh, you called her?
1: (laughs) I realize apparently
2: they still thought I was in charge, even though I thought that I was no longer in charge. And just recently, when my stepmother was ill and uh, recently died, we were able to kind of stand back and support my father while he dealt with, you know, our step-siblings on the other side. So it was uh, my sister and I, but she's in the program, too. Both, we were texting each other one day because she was up there with them at the hospital and I was at work, and she was like, thank God I'm in (laughs) Al-Anon. So anyway, thank y'all, thank you.
5: Okay, Uh, concept 10 is uh, service responsibility is balanced by carefully defined service authority and double-headed management is avoided. Now, we talked, talked a lot about this uh, earlier, but basically uh, what this says is, if I know my job, I can be a success. Okay. And didn't we say very early on, that's what service is all about? We want everyone to be a success. So if I know what I'm required to do, if I know my job description, I I can be a success. The other thing that job descriptions often don't do, and I'm finding even at the World Service Office is necessary sometimes, is discuss with people not only what their job is, but what their job isn't. And that's important in service as well because, you know, some of us see a bigger picture than even the picture, you know. I mean, you you ask us to take it to be framed and we decide to repaint the room so that it'll look just right with the new frame, you know. And um, so it's important that we, that we understand the limits of our authority as well as the... Um, as well as what our job is, we want to be successful, Um, we want to give up this idea of being overly responsible that um, she just talked about. We need to ask questions to understand what's required before we act. You know, get the clarity. Have a conversation. See, that's not what happened in our families It was usually yelling, screaming, things were flying, and then people retreated to their place to hide, or we pouted for months, (laughs) years. (laughs) You know, I'm still not talking to her. So ask questions before you act, understand the job description, talk about it, And then, step back. Because if you know what your job is, and I've given you that, then I don't need to do anything. See, that's where the double-headed management becomes um, an issue. It talks about it in the ODAT when it talks about the woman who wouldn't get off the alcoholic's back. And it said... If we don't get off the alcoholic's back, we're destined to go wherever he takes
1: us.
5: (laughs) And the same thing is true with double-headed management. If I have my nose in your business, I don't have time to have my nose in my business, and that's what was wrong with most of us when we got here. We were exhausted when we got here because we were spending all of our time taking care of him or her, and... And never us. I, I can't tell you the first time that they did the four-step inventory book and it said, when was the last time you went to the doctor? And I thought, what does that have to do with Al-Anon? And they said, well, when was the last time you went to the doctor? I said, I can't remember. They said, that's why it's in Al-Anon. Right. <laughs> because we forget to take care of ourselves. And because we're so busy managing everyone else, So we want to be sure, and that's what this concept is about. It says clearly defined service authority, and if everybody knows what their role is and if the job is clearly defined, then everyone can be successful. Lois understood that she couldn't continue to write a letter to every group every time they wanted to act. So they created the conference. Now there are still some groups that still think that every time the World Service Office does anything, we got letters last year when we sent the new letterhead out and it said um, strength and hope for friends and families of problem drinkers. And we have people writing in, who said you could change the wording on the letterhead. I wrote back, me. (laughs) They said, well, what did the conference say? I said, I don't know. We didn't ask them. The stationery is not the job of the conference. The stationery is the office. It's not the conference. That's a tagline. That's not our primary purpose. We know what our primary purpose is, but our letterhead goes out to the community and our letterhead and a tagline tells the community what we do. And I don't know about all of you, but I didn't think that I had a problem with an alcoholic. I thought these were problem drinkers. Because that's what they told me. They didn't have a problem. Well they did. It was me. And they drank. And so, see, if I had to say, and you see him in the meeting all the time, people come, I don't know if I belong. He isn't really an alcoholic. He only drinks every other weekend. All weekend, but only every other weekend. Is it a problem? Yes, you belong. I mean, that's what it's about. So, you know, that's the idea, that there's clearly defined authority, and then once we know whose job it is to do what, we can let go. Concept 11 says, now this one, people go, I love it. Let's see what he does with this. The World Service Office is composed of selected committees, executives, and staff members. So what does that have to do with me? Well, what it says is that when we have a big job, when there is a big responsibility, there are multiple ways of getting that work done. And that everybody, we just said, when you define the job, you don't have double-headed management. Well, what Concept 11 acknowledges is, you. You have multiple ways of accomplishing things. So some things go to committees, some things go to staff, some are handled by executives, some are handled by the board, some are handled by the conference. You keep looking again for the right people to do the right thing. It's the idea of respect for each other and dedication to a common goal. The. Um, And again, concept 11 is about sharing the load. The committees report to the board. The board writes the committee guidelines. See how they interact? So the board defines the level of the committee's responsibility. It gives the committee the job. It doesn't manage the job. It lets go of what the committee does because the committee reports back to the... Board, when it's ready to go forward. When it's made a decision, it comes back and says, This is what we want to do. Here's our plan. Da, 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 da. Is that in line with what the board's looking for? Yes, it is. Thank you. Goodbye. Go do the work. Same thing with the staff. I, I'm the executive director. I travel a lot in the fellowship so that I have an opportunity to be out with the membership. There are four people. At the World Service Office, who run departments. Those people report to me. I call that the administrative team. When I'm gone, they run the office. One of them sits on the executive committee. When the four of them don't agree, that person has ultimate <coughs> authority. See, no double headed management. They all talk, but the after they talk, one person has the right to make the decision. There are, each of those people have sub-managers and other managers. There are secretaries and clerks. Everybody has a job description. Some of those secretaries work with the committees. They do the minutes for the committees. They help the committees be successful. It's Again, it's all about splitting the load. Now, sometimes people hear the idea that there are 50 people at the World Service Office and they go, wow, how come I can't get my order on time? Well, we have 50 people, but only four of them (laughs) pack orders. And only three of them put the orders in computers. Because we do a lot of things besides fill orders. And it's the same thing with the AIS. The, the AIS isn't just sitting there filling orders, it's answering the phone, it's doing public outreach, it has other responsibilities. You have committees to do that at the AIS level. The same thing is true in our work lives and in our personal lives, whether that means, at, you know, um, Girl Scouts or some other organization that you're involved in, whatever it is, you just keep looking for the right group of people and keep spreading the load. This principle says there are enough people, there is enough wisdom, and there is enough responsibility to go around. Whole new idea. About seven years ago, the board started talking about unlimited, abundant resources. In a meeting, in a planning meeting, it was said, if we continue to talk about what we don't have, what we're going to get is what we don't have. If we talk about what we have and celebrate what we've got, We'll get more. Spiritual idea. See, we could look in this room and say, gee, there are 25 more people per person who could have been here, and how much better it would be. And I say, look at all the people who are in this room that are concerned and interested in al service. Look at the number of dedicated and willing people who are willing to give a Saturday up in November and even miss part of the LSU game in order or maybe some of them left in order to broaden their own personal recovery. We need to celebrate what we have and we celebrate it by continuing to open the hand and extend to more people. And that's what that's what Concept Eleven is about is again there there's plenty of work, but not every person has to do all of it. So we can keep finding the things and the best people that are there. We need to know what, what the job is, when to consult, when to do our work, and we need to know that if we do so within the bounds of our responsibility, we're going to be um, successful and we're not going to be criticized. I mean, there are times that certain decisions get made at the office that I wouldn't have made. I don't know whether I care whether it's red or not. But it's like, I I don't need to do that. I don't need to be involved in those things. It isn't about that I always get my way. And the same thing is true at home. You know, sometimes it doesn't matter whether the trash can is two inches from the street or two feet from the street. It doesn't. Now, some of us think it does, and we get up in the middle of the night and run out and push it out (laughs) or pull it in. But it doesn't matter. A lot of this stuff doesn't matter. And so part of what this is about is the right of of recognizing that you know the way I would do it is not the way that somebody else would do it and it doesn't have to be that way other people don't chair the meeting the same way I chair the meeting but the recovery in that meeting is just as strong that's the point we can accomplish what we need to without it being just one way Concept 12 talks about the warranties. The spiritual foundation for Al-Anon's World Services is contained in the general, general warranties of the conference, Article 12 of the Charter. And we're just about right now at 2.45. If you'll stay with me for about another five, no more than seven minutes, we'll wrap this up. Okay. Um, I didn't look to see where it is but in the blue book it's on page 201 okay so if you look at page 201 you can see the general warranties of the Charter see when you get your new book you'll be able to go to the Charter and you'll be able to go to article 12 and you'll be able to see the warranties you'll be able to find them very easily and guess what they look the same as they do on page 201 Oh, it's also on page 30 in your uh, pamphlet. Okay. Now, the warranties are about balance. You say, well, why would the conference have to talk about balance? Well, what does the conference do? It serves Al-Anon. Who's Al-Anon? Us. Who needs balance? Us. I don't know about you, but I came from a world of black and white. If it was my idea, it was white. If it was your idea, it was black. And I didn't care how long I had to drag you through gray to get you to white.